Hi there, and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keen, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Hey, let's just pray together. You know, I'm really believing that as we get into the Word of God, that it's going to minister to us, hey? You know, I love it that the Bible is the only book, you don't read it, it reads you, you know. I mean, the Bible speaks to the innermost reality of our humanity. And the Bible speaks to the big picture. It doesn't address every single small detail, but it speaks to the big picture vision values of life. And so I'm believing that as we unpack it today, it's going to speak right into our lives. It's going to be relevant, applicable. We're going to be able to use it in the week ahead. And so I want to pray together. God would speak to us today through his word. You're going to join with me? Let's, let's pray together. Father, we love you. We honor your word. It's alive and active, God. Father, I pray this morning that you'd speak into every single person here. God, speaking to me and speaking to every single person here in this message. Father, I pray, Lord, enlighten in people's minds and in their spirit, God, that which is true. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would take us into a deeper and closer relationship with you, God, that we might live our lives in greater obedience to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Fantastic, you can take your seats. And um, hey, what a great youth camp. I just want to say well done to Div and the team. Absolutely fantastic youth camp. I got the opportunity to sneak in there for a little bit on one of the sessions and uh, God was really uh, doing something there, really, really moving. And it was fantastic to be a part of that. Um, also, I uh, wanted to let you know that Pastor Jared has been on a well-deserved break, having some leave across January. He's going to be back with us next weekend. And so absolutely be in church, be a part of that. I know he's going to come back with something to share. I know he's been spending time drawing near to God during this season of rest. And so I'm, I know he always comes back with something fresh. So I'm, I'm excited to, to hear what God's been speaking to him about. Also, next weekend, we're going to have an extended uh, prayer and worship across all of our services. And that, that's important because, you know, it's important that we hear the Word of God and we hear the truth of God from His Word. But also, we need to experience God. We need to encounter and experience God. And so there's going to be room and space to do that across our services next weekend. So do come and be a part of that. But just one other thing I'd love to mention before we get into to the message. And that is, I really want to encourage you uh, that one of our values is honour. And we honour people, all people. And one of the ways we do that is by being at church either on time or early. It's so important, you know, the praise and worship team, they get here super early, they're practicing, they're getting ready, you know, they come out, and, and we want to be here ready when they come out, you know what I'm saying? We want to be in our seats five minutes too, right? So the minute it starts, bang, we're ready to go. You know, it shouldn't be that the praise and worship team are leading and then people are kind of drifting in and then kind of we then warm up on kind of the third song, you know, it should be like we're, we're there with them, you know, because the reality is we're in this together, hey? And so I just want to encourage you, if, if you can, just to come a little bit earlier, you know, if, if you find yourself coming in late, I mean, there's lots of people here that do come early, but if you do find yourself being late, if you could, you know, work on that, it would be great. Now, hey, there's grace there. If something happens, dog throws up on you, kids have a fight, whatever, we understand. You know, stuff always happens that can delay you. But, but make the ordinary be that you're on time or, or you're early, you know. And we always say on time is early, you know. So uh, I just would love to encourage you with that. All right, we're going to get into the Word, and I want to talk to you this morning on the topic of disagreeing well, disagreeing well. You could put in brackets, navigating, navigating COVID discussions, you know, disagreeing well, and in brackets, navigating COVID discussions. 
You know, I want to speak to you on this topic of how do we disagree well and how do we disagree and yet stay in unity? You know, how do we do that? You know, when you discuss anything to do with COVID-19, it doesn't take long to discover emotional convictions or opinions that can exist in our families, our church community, and definitely across our broader community. In fact, you may be sitting next to someone this morning who doesn't have the same view as you on a number of matters to do with COVID, and you might be married to them. You know, you know that's the reality, right? Or they might be your kid, right? You know, I talked to my doctor uh, this week, and I was saying to my doctor, hey, what do you think about child vaccination? You know, would, would, would I love to get some input on that? What do you think about that? And he said to me, me and my wife disagree on this. And he's a doctor. And they're saying, we disagree on this. And he talked to me and shared with me his view and his opinion and where his wife's coming from and her view and her opinion. And so so we need to be able to tolerate that. We need to be able to live in an environment where we can disagree and be good with that. You know, and still remain in unity and connected to people. You know, you can talk about vaccinations. Some are for it, some are against it, and some only like certain vaccines. You know, there's a broad range of views on this, right? Government restrictions. Some people are passionately call for less restrictions. Others passionately call for more, you know? You know, mandating vaccinations. Some agree and they think it should be broadened, and others think, man, this is encroaching on our rights. This is, this is wrong. And both sides hold very deep conviction. Their conscience is, is convicted on these matters. Proof of vaccination, some people think it's a great idea, and others are vehemently against it, think it's a terrible idea. So we, we, we need to understand that we need to better navigate these things and to do it in a way that is in unifying and, and honors God and ultimately gives dignity and value to people, you know? And so we need to better navigate disagreement well. We're going to explore a Bible text that I think can really help us. This, you can't apply everything from this text to the, to the situation that we're in, but you can, you can apply a lot of it. And the background is this, that the church in Rome, it's made up of diverse people, a real range of people. And, and, and Paul, who started the church, is absolutely passionate about that. In fact, he believes one of the central arguments for the truth of Christianity is that it draws together people from diverse backgrounds. I'm talking about people from diverse uh, backgrounds culturally, societally, economically, from different gender, gender backgrounds. You know, I'm talking about all the differences you could choose. All of those people come together in church and they're able to be unified. Why? Because they believe centrally that Jesus Christ forgives our sins, you know, is, is going is, 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 is got a plan and purpose for humanity, and they're united on that. They're united on man. Jesus Christ is the way, is the truth, is the life. He is the way to the Father. It's through Him you're forgiven. Through faith in Him and repentance, you're forgiven of all your sins. That's ultimately the solution for the whole of humanity. These people unite on that. And what happens is that they're, what they agree on makes the things they disagree on pale into almost insignificance. Interesting, what they agree on, they're so central and so passionate about that other things fall into insignificance. And that's interesting because it's hard to find that in other places in society. And so Paul is passionate about this. And I love that our church is like that. Our church is full of people from all different cultures, backgrounds, life experiences, just as it should be, right? Because if the message of God is true, then it should draw all people, regardless of our backgrounds. And so what happens in this church 
is they have a dispute, an argument, and both sides are really convicted in their spirit. There's a conviction about what, what is right and what is wrong, and they're opposed to each other. So one group says, hey, you should not eat food that's been sacrificed to idols. Another group says, man, this food is cheap and it tastes good and I'm under grace and God, I'll eat anything I want, thanks. So what one, one group is saying, hey, get into this. This is awesome, right? This is, lo- this is low-cost food and it is epic. And other people are saying, whoa, hang on, hang on. I have no peace, no peace over that. They're debating over what do they put into their bodies. And one group is saying it's absolutely fine, under grace, I can do that. And another group is saying, and I'm, I feel convicted in my spirit, in my conscience. I couldn't do that with good conscience. And so that's what Paul is speaking into. So Romans 14, 13 to 23, it's titled, Do Not Cause Another to Stumble. And here's what Paul says. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. Do, so do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever tr- thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. How interesting. The faith you have... It can't be saying there, hey, don't share your faith. Because throughout the Bible, it tells you to share your faith, which is the message of Jesus, right? So what does it mean? It's saying that on this matter, what your conscience says with regards to faith, keep it to yourself. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself of what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats. Because the eating is not from faith, for from whatever does not proceed from faith, is sin. How interesting. He is saying that they are faced with a question and for one group to do it is sin and to another it is not and they're all believers. How interesting. How interesting. Paul says, I know and I'm persuading the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. He's saying this, that on this topic, on this matter, Paul is saying, you decide. You decide. How interesting. He's saying, on this matter, you decide. There's all kinds of things in Scripture where we aren't given room to decide. There's a whole bunch of things that are absolutely crystal clear that Jesus and, and says through His Word that are non-negotiables. Jesus and Scripture are explicit on some aspects of Christian belief and behavior, and these matters, are there is no option other than you obey or you disobey. Right? So Jesus says, choose life and death. Right? He says, I'm the only way to the Father. Right? There's things that are just non-negotiables, indisputable. But there's many things in Scripture, many things that the Bible is not clear on and that Jesus is not emphatic about. 
And on those matters and many others, well, you choose. You choose. Let me give you some examples of that. And we need to major on the majors, not major on the minors, is the point I'm trying to make. So, so they're disputing, should we eat food sacrificed to idols? And Paul's saying, you choose. You decide. I've decided for myself, but you choose and you decide. And some of these current matters that we might face are things like, hey, I'm getting married. Should I exchange a ring? Well, nowhere in the Bible does it say you need to exchange a ring. But people do. You can do that or you cannot do that as a Christian. It's up to you. What about drinking alcohol? Well, the Bible says don't get drunk, but it doesn't say you should or shouldn't drink alcohol. It basically says don't get drunk. You don't abuse it. Don't let it be a problem to you. So what does that mean? It means I can be, you know, Pastor Luke can say I drink alcohol, and I can say I don't drink alcohol, and that's both good. I don't drink alcohol because I can't drink it without getting drunk. So, you know, so I can't drink alcohol, but he can. Hear what I'm saying? Uh, he, he should not be saying to me, mate, it's fine to drink, come on. And I should not be saying to him, hey, you should not be drinking. You hear what I'm saying? Because the Bible's not explicit on it. The Bible says drink, but don't get drunk. When and how the millennium will occur, the millennial reign of Christ. There's four views from Scripture that you could take. Four views. That means I might have one, Pastor Donna might have one, Pastor Luke might have one, and Ross might have one. And that's okay. You hear what I'm saying? I think sometimes people argue and debate the minors. We can get hung up on the minors. Beliefs on the order and timing of end time events, we should not get hung up on. Man, many people have sunk themselves on this one. This is the time, that's going to happen, that means, and then it doesn't, and they're, you know. We need to be careful. There's so many things in the Bible that, 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 are, that are open to interpretation. Look, the precise nature of heaven and hell, no one can tell you. The Bible does not give precise details. I've preached on heaven before. I said I was going to preach on hell, I never did. But, uh, you know, I was going to preach on heaven. And it, it, is, is, it tells you some things, but lots and lots of things it doesn't tell you. There's a lot that we're not told. The time in the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. It's all these things. We're not, there's room for difference of opinion, difference of view. We can debate them, we can discuss them, but we cannot break unity over these things. But the gospel message is not disputable, right? So faith in Christ and repentance alone saves you from your sins, non-negotiable. That, that's a non-negotiable truth, right, that Jesus is absolutely emphatically clear on, right? And, and is essential. So there are essential and non-essential beliefs in Christianity. And we need to understand very clearly what are essential and what are non-essential. And we should never have disunity over non-essential beliefs. You know? And, and I love that Paul also, he talks about that in, in, when we disagree and when we're talking, he really says that love is our priority. You know? I love the way he says, hey, I've got grace for this, but I don't want to cause my brother to stumble. You know, I don't want to call. Now, in the context Paul's talking about, he talks about a weaker brother. Now, in the, that context, he's saying, because my faith and grace is great, I can eat the meat. It doesn't matter. It's all under God, right? And he's saying the weaker brother is convicted and, and has, a, has a religious belief tied to that. But he's saying, hey, I'm not going to stumble that person. If they're not comfortable with it, that's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. So he's saying in this, there's a weaker. When you talk about something like COVID, uh, you know, we both think the other side is weaker. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can both think, oh, yeah, what I think is right. You know, they're, 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 that's okay. So maybe that's how you need to view it, right? Maybe you need to view it, hey, that's their conviction. I don't want to stumble them, you know? And Paul talks about the priority of love. Love is our priority. He puts it like this. If your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. 
For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Now individuals in the church or the church leadership may do things that we don't agree with regarding COVID and we must allow this to not cause disunity. We cannot allow it to cause disunity. People are going to have different viewpoints. That's okay. Completely okay. Paul is saying that if Christ died for this person, we are, then, then that's it, period. <laughs> I love it, right? So if, if Christ died for you, I'm your brother. If Christ died for you, you're my brother, you're my sister, period, period. It doesn't matter what you think about COVID, what you think about ecclesiastical end times, the second coming of Christ, all that stuff. We can put all that to one side, right? Do you believe that Jesus Christ saved your sins? Yes, you do. Bang, we're good. You know what I'm saying? It's saying that our faith in Christ trumps all of that other stuff and suddenly it drops in priority. You know, I want to say this, COVID is peripheral to Christianity. It's distantly peripheral. It's, you know, it's, it's right over here somewhere. The Bible never mentions it, doesn't speak to it. If you try and grab a scripture for it, you've got to root around for it. It talks about principles, about how we should engage with one another, how we should treat one another, which we're going to expound now. But the, but the specifics, it doesn't address those. They're on the periphery. You make up your mind. You make up your mind. Leah and I disagree on a number of things, but we stay in unity because we're not, because we are committed to each other and are in agreement with the vision for our marriage and our family. We agree on all kinds of things. Most things, you could say, <laughs> we disagree on, right? But we're unified. We're committed under the vision and the values that we live by. Amen. The same approach can apply to other relationships and even the church. We may not agree on everything, but our commitment to each other and the overall vision keeps us together in unity. We've got to understand that division, it's a key strategy. It's a key strategy of the enemy. What he does is he divides Adam and Eve from God, speaks into them, right, and gets them to separate, causes division between them and God. And then what happens? They then turn on each other. So the devil gets in there, right, causes disunity, right? They, they rebel against God, and then they end up turning on each other. And Adam's like, it was her. And, you know, it all, it all goes wrong for the whole of humanity from that point. So we need to understand that one of the devil's key strategies is to cause division. And when we engage in an us versus them mentality, we dehumanize and demonize those that we deem to be different to ourselves. We've got to be so careful with this. We can be more concerned with being right on the, or on the right side of an argument and converting people to our way of thinking than we are with drawing them to Jesus. You know, I, I can be guilty of this, right? And, and, and Liam spoke a fantastic message Friday night, brilliant message, perfect message, I thought, for Friday night and just as we come off of youth camp and a whole bunch of young people came from youth camp, brought friends, and other people invited friends. He did an order call and the front was just packed. It was awesome. It was fantastic. And, uh, and he preached a fantastic message. You should check it out on the podcast. And one thing he talked about in his message that kind of distracted me was he talked about In-N-Out Burgers that's in California in the U.S. And I remember when I went there, partaking of that goodness. And, uh, and Liam's story was about how he never got to try it, right? And, and yeah, and so I thought in the theme of American fast food illustration, I want to talk about another uh, fast food outlet in the U.S. called Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Did you partake of Chick-fil-A? Mate, do you, mate, what were you doing in there? Right, okay. So he was too busy having cultural experiences like seeing the Grand Canyon, the Empire State Building, and other things. You and me are different, mate. Okay, so, so, so check this out. So the owner 
of Chick-fil-A. So this is a big fast food franchise or outlet or whatever in, in, in the US. Now the owner of it is, is, a, is a devout Christian. Absolutely loves God, honors God. In fact, the values of his organization are about giving value, dignity, honor to people. You know? And so he really tries to live out his faith. And, and he's one, actually, his, his you know, chain of stores is mentioned in the Kanye West song called Closed on Sunday. And it talks about this. And, what he's, what, and the reason he's talking about that is because this, this man, Dan, who owns Chick-fil-A, he's made a decision that he ain't going to open Sundays. And the reason he doesn't open Sundays is not because it isn't profitable, it's extremely profitable. But he does it because he wants to give all his staff an opportunity to go to church. So he lives by his values, right? And his name's Dan Cathy. And, um, and so in the U.S., he also spoke out when they were having a debate about marriage. He spoke out from his Christian values and basically made a, made a statement about that. And, and the result of that was that Shane Windermere in 2012, who was the National Executive Director of LGBT group Campus Pride, launched a nationwide boycott against Chick-fil-A, and it really took off. And so, he, so lots of people started to boycott Chick-fil-A. Well, the CEO, Dan, invited Shane to meet. Okay, let's meet. And they got together, and, and, and he listened to him, genuinely listened to him. They listened to each other. Then Dan said, hey, come around and have food with my family, and bring, bring, bring your partner, bring your husband, and hey, let, let, let's, let's, let's eat together. And basically, they ate together, and they shared, and he shared his Christian faith, he shared his perspective, and he listened to Shane's perspective. And Shane has done now several interviews, which... He's been not always, you know, he's, he's taken some, it's been some cost for him to do these interviews. But, and, and, and yeah, but let me, let, me, let me read to you what he says. Let him speak for himself. He says, we as an organization decided to put down our picket signs and come to the table, but it took Dan reaching out to me. It took me trusting him and actually being willing to sit down with the man. It all has to start with dialogue and understanding. To have dialogue with someone doesn't mean you're going to agree with them, but it can model respect and civility in a way that creates actual friendship. When we came together, the differences we had were distinct. It was clear to me that Dan supports what he considers a biblical definition of marriage, but Dan asked me about my husband, my family. Dan expressed a sincere interest in my life, wanting to get to know me on a personal level. In return, I learned about his wife and kids and gained an appreciation for his devout belief in Jesus Christ and his commitment to being a follower of Christ more than a Christian. Ultimately, our differences didn't get in the way of our humanity and of hearing each other. I assumed if I mentioned my husband that he would run away or run from the room screaming, right? Or throw water on me. I'm not sure quite what I expected. But in every instance that Dan could have reacted negatively based on his beliefs, instead he extended a hand, a hug, a warm welcome. He role modeled what his company says they are, which is to treat people with dignity, honor, and respect. He goes on to say that neither of them have changed their beliefs, but they share an enduring friendship built on mutual respect and trust. So interesting. So interesting. He went on to say that if the state he lives in legalized marriage, that he would invite Dan to his wedding. <laughs> I want to ask this. When we're talking with people, what's our priority? Is our priority converting people to agree with us or responding in a way that embodies Jesus and draws them closer to him? You know, in Dan's ability to, to communicate 
with Shane, even though they didn't agree, you've got to agree that Shane drew closer to Jesus. That, that through it, Dan was able to present Christianity to Shane that before I'm sure he would not have been open to. So we need to think about when we're communicating, hey, are we communicating to bring people to our view or are we communicating to bring people to Christ? There's a massive difference. And so I want to challenge us and ask us about that. And love's got to be the priority and connecting people to Jesus is the big picture. Everything else is peripheral to that. Do you know? And we need to be careful when we're passing judgment. You know, you know, I love to pass judgment. You know, I flick on the radio and I hear the latest announcement of the government. I'm like, oh, that is so stupid. And I thought, mate, is there no common sense? You know, you know, you know, this is myself in my car, talk, preaching to myself, you know. And I, I need to check myself when, when I react like that. Because the Bible is very challenging in this regard. Listen to what, it's, what Paul says in Romans 14, 4. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? Oh, it is before his own master that he stands or falls. And he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. Here's what he's saying. People don't answer to me. They answer to God. They're not my servant. People don't serve me. They're God's servant. I don't hold them accountable. He does, ultimately. And so what it's saying is, that God ultimately will judge. God ultimately will judge. And with leaders, the Bible's very clear that with leaders, he judges more harshly. There's a stricter judgment upon leaders because you have responsibility to make decisions that affect others. So everyone will be held accountable. And the Bible is also clear that that includes believers and non-believers. It's why the Bible says that we need to honor all leadership. Church and secular leadership, we need to honor. It says actually all has been placed there by God. And God will judge all accordingly. And so I need to be so careful. Because also, when I make a judgment, I don't have all the information. I don't know what they know. You know, I haven't been given the right to make that decision. They have been given it by God, right? So I need to back up and give some room to that, you know. And I have to do exactly the same thing with Pastor Jared and with the vision team. I need to do exactly the same thing. That actually, when they make decisions and judgments, I need to, be, I need to accept that's their responsibility to do that. You know, that's their role to do that, you know. And so I need to get myself in line with that, you know, because that's between them and God. You see what I'm saying? So God's going to judge. Don't pass judgment on others or be slow to. People are God's servants, not ours. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't call out wrong or unfair behavior. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't debate and discuss matters that we have disagreement on. Absolutely, we should. But I'm saying that we just need to be careful ultimately not to judge that person. We need to understand, hey, they've got reasons for what they're doing, you know. I think we can be quick to dismiss and label people who don't think like us or agree with us as stupid, uneducated, or gullible, essentially judging them to be inferior to us, right? But we don't know their story. We don't know the intimate details of their upbringing and life events. We don't have the information they have available to them. We are all products of our life experiences and our family of origin, and we all view life through the lens that's colored by those experiences. Now, whether you believe that or not, it's true. You view things through your experience. And so we need to be so careful to, to, to think that we understand another perspective. We need to just be careful, you know. Everyone's going to stand before God and be held accountable for their actions, including how we've treated other people, you know. So I need to be focused on my behavior and my conduct much more than others. 
And they're going to answer to God, so am I. Let me be super concerned about my conduct and a little bit less about theirs. See what I'm saying? So we need to be careful when passing judgment. And also I want to encourage us, hey, let's speak hope, not fear into people. Let's speak hope, not fear, you know. I noticed recently that the amount of time I spend talking about COVID-related matters, you know, the amount of times I'll meet people in church and it may be a purpose or, or something we're going to meet about, but often we'll spend the first five to ten minutes talking about COVID-related matters, you know. And I understand why this is. It's because we're continually bombarded with it through the media, right, and it affects our daily life. And so I understand why, but, but I'm just conscious of how much time I spend talking about it, you know. I go to a meeting, and, you know, you're at the meeting, and there's the bit before the agenda starts, and you, and you normally, you know, converse with civilities like, hey, how's your family and how's the wife and kids? Now we don't do that. We talk about COVID. Have you heard about this? What about the lockdown? You know, you know, it's, it's, you know and, and, and I'm, I'm just conscious of, hey, should I be spending that much time speaking about it? You know, should I be doing that? You know, I, I, I was talking to someone who has a friend in Melbourne, and they said that on some like nail bars and kind of salons and different places in Melbourne, there has a sign on the door that says, we don't talk about COVID in here. I love that. What they're saying is, hey, leave that outside. Let's talk about other things, your family, your life. We don't want to be dwelling, sitting in it because I think it can create fear, not faith. Create fear, not faith. We need to think about also the amount of media that we're consuming that talks about it. You know, like the reality is I probably don't need to know the latest statistics on COVID in Tassie. I probably don't. Love Tasmanians. But I don't have friends or family there. I don't have any need to know the stats, you know. But if I turn on the radio, it's going to tell me the stats, you know. And I love to, t- I turn on the radio between, when I'm driving places. I like to listen to the news. I listen to the ABC and I listen to different stuff. And, uh, and I, I just realized recently, I've got to turn that off. I don't need to hear the latest update on what's happening in Queensland. I just don't. I just, I just don't need to know that. You know, if you do, fine. But I don't need to know. So I've made a decision to turn that off. And instead, what I do is I pray. Right, because I know five minutes of listening to more news about COVID ain't going to edify me. But if I pray, I'm going to be better in my next appointment. You know, uh, or what about putting on some praise and worship in your car, right? Or listening to the Bible, or listening to a preach. You know, but just something that's washing you with something that's going to build you up that you might edify other people. You know, and I think we need to be. You've got to be faith focused, not fear focused. God wants us to have peace. Let's make a conscious decision to speak more about the kingdom and less about COVID. You know, and probably especially in the church, right? You know, it's, like, it's, it's almost getting to the point now, you know, don't speak about the war, you know, religion, right, or COVID. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, you, you know we want to adjust these things, but we've got to be sensitive and careful, you know. Imagine that instead of joining our friends in negative comments regarding COVID-related matters, we instead said, man, I'm so grateful to God because in all of this, I've got amazing peace. Imagine that. Imagine each time you spoke to someone who brought this, they bring it up all the time. Even if you do your haircut, you know, it'll come up. What about if we said, man, you know, God's so good. God gives me such a peace in this season. Even though in all the craziness, and you know what's happening, I just know God's got me. I just know God's got a plan. And I, I believe God can even bring good out of this. You know, imagine if we said that every time, that we spoke hope and life instead of criticism or opinion. You know, like I, I've realized I don't need to have an opinion about every announcement that's made to do with COVID. I don't have to have an opinion on that. I can be silent, you know. But what if we speak faith instead? Oh, mate, what if, what if now is the greatest opportunity that the planet's had for many years for the gospel, but we miss it 
because we're so busy talking about the problem instead of the solution. That we're so busy talking about all the issues to do with COVID that we aren't talking about the gospel, which is the ultimate solution for humanity. You know? Man, I, wouldn't, I really hope we, don't, we wouldn't miss that chance or that opportunity, you know? Paul says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, of peace, and of joy in the Holy Spirit. I love it. I love it. What your feed grows, are you feeding your faith or are you feeding your fears? Are you feeding your faith or are you feeding your fears? And just finally, the great band could come. God wants us to be ruled by peace. By peace. Listen to this, John 14, 27. These are the words of Jesus. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Friend, the world gives fear, but Jesus gives peace. The world gives fear and Jesus gives peace. We need to make a decision what we are listening to. We need to make a decision what we're tuning into. Man, if you're endlessly flicking through social media, man, I can't, I can't get on social media. I, I, I don't have the maturity to use social media because the minute I go on there, I'm just offended by stuff. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I want to comment on stuff. And I, you know, so I mostly I keep off of it. I keep off of it because the world doesn't need me to be engaged in social media. Here's what the world needs: me to be full of faith in Jesus, to love and serve the next person I bump into and share something good for their life, you know? It's like I'm supposed to be ministering to people. I'm not supposed to make a comment on every second thing that comes up on social media, you know? And I want to encourage you, opposing views regarding COVID can both be fear-based. Both can be fear-based, you know? You can be pro-vax and you can say, we need to be vaxxed or we're all going to get sick. Many people could die, you know? And you're driven by fear. Or you can be anti-vax and say, we need to not get vaxxed because we're all going to get sick from the vax and some of us could die. And you're still motivated by fear. So we need to think about, hey, what's motivating my decision-making? What's motivating the way I'm thinking around this? God doesn't want us to be ruled by fear. He wants us to be ruled by peace, by peace, by peace. <laughs> you know, what's your, when you, when you hear this topic come, what comes up? Peace or anxiety? Peace or anxiety? If it's anxiety, it's not of God. Fear is not of God. That is from another place. That's from the devil or that's from your flesh. It is not from God. But if what comes is a peace, a confidence, man, God's in it. God's got it. God's in control. I don't have to stress and strive at everything. God's got it. Man, it's peace. It's peace. God wants us to know peace. He wants us to share peace. We're supposed to be the hope of the world. We're supposed to shine the light of Jesus into the world. We've got to be different. We can't just be another arguing voice. We've got to bring something radically different. Peace. Peace is what we need to bring. Love is what we need to bring. Hope is what we need to bring. Joy is what we need to bring. Come on. In a situation where others may be finding that a struggle, we should be in that. Why? Because we're better. No, no, no. Because the grace of God can empower you, can empower me to be receive that and to be imparters of that. Is that cool? Come on, let's stand. Let's worship God. Come on. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online 
every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.